All right, gentlemen. Good morning. I have such command of the room. This is awesome. Don't make me start singing. You won't like it. Well, good morning. Welcome. Glad to have you here at uh, NCS. Excited about uh, the chance to get together and uh, swap stories and just catch up with each other. Uh, it's something I look forward to uh, twice a month when we have it. So my name's Neil Joseph. I'm on the kind of steering committee here. And uh, so I want to welcome you and let's open us in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for your provision. We're grateful for uh, the beauty of this day and of this morning and how you um, take such good care of us, Lord. We're grateful for that. And we pause to thank you for the food, for the servers, for this place, for fellowship, for the chance we have to be together uh, and to hear from one another and to hear from you. And so, Lord, we, uh, we offer up this time. We're grateful for it, and we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so this morning we have uh, a, a very special guest with us. Um, many of you know Chip Arnold, and uh, he, is, uh, he lives in, up in Portland, and uh, he has uh, been an actor for years and years. He's also an author. Uh, most recent book is Crown of the Warrior King, right? Hey, I did good. Uh, Crown of the Warrior King just came out. It's the second in a series of biblical fiction that he's writing. It just came out in December, and your next book's coming out next December, this coming December. Okay, so check that out uh, on Amazon or whatever. Uh, and uh, so let's just give a warm welcome uh, to Chip Arnold. One other thing, we're passing around the uh, sign-up sheet. So if you're new here and want to get an email from us only about what's going on here at NCS, Please do the sign-up sheet. Sorry. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Yours is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. You shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, you shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness. You shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, you shall have mercy. Blessed are the peacemakers. You shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Yours is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are all of you when men revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil things against you falsely for my sake. <laughs> Rejoice. Be glad. Your reward in heaven is great. <laughs> Besides, they persecuted the prophets long before you. 
You are the salt of the earth. But if salt becomes tasteless, what good is it except to be thrown out and walked over? You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill can't be hidden, and neither do you go to the store, buy a lamp, come home, stick it under the table. No, you put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the room. So let your light shine in such a way before men that they can see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Now, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish it. I've come to fulfill it. I tell you this, heaven and earth will not pass away until everything that is written in the law and the prophets is fulfilled. So, if you keep even the least of these commandments and teach others to do so, you shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. But if you do not keep the least of these commandments, and encourage others to do the same, then you will be the least in the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> I tell you this, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the religious teachers and leaders, you won't even grasp the concept of the kingdom of heaven. Now, we've been taught since the beginning not to commit murder. And anyone who commits murder is going to go to court. Well, I tell you this, that if you are angry with someone, you already have committed murder in your heart. If you say to someone, you're an idiot, you're liable to go to court. And if you say to someone, you're a fool, you're brushing up against the fires of hell. So if you're in your church, about to give your offering, and there you remember that someone has something against you, just get up and go. Leave your offering. You go find that person. Be reconciled to them. And then come and present your offering. Oh, and settle matters quickly with your adversary before you get to court because you don't know what's going to happen there. <laughs> you could lose and the judge would turn you over to the system, and you won't get out of there until you've paid the debt in full. We've been taught from the beginning not to commit adultery. Well, I tell you this, that whoever lusts in their heart for someone, you've already committed adultery in your heart. Get rid of the thing that causes you to sin. It's like if your right eye is diseased, you take it out. You get rid of it. It's better that one of the members of your body should suffer and not your whole body. Or if your right hand causes is diseased, you cut it off. You get rid of it. It's better that one part of your body should suffer and not your whole body. We've been taught from the beginning that if you want to get a divorce, all you have to do is write up the papers. But I tell you this, except for the cause of marital infidelity, don't use the law to justify your selfish whims. Otherwise, you risk committing adultery. 
We've been taught from the beginning to keep all your vows to God. Don't break your vow to God. Well, I tell you this. Don't make a vow at all. Don't swear by heaven. That's God's throne. Don't swear by the earth. That's where he props his feet. Don't swear by Jerusalem. That's the city of the great king. <laughs> and don't swear by your head. You can't wait. make one hair white or black. Just let your yes be a yes. And your no, a no. Anything beyond that, you're in the devil's playground. We've been taught by the ancients long ago, love your neighbor, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. And I tell you this, do not resist him who is evil. If someone comes to you and turn to him the other cheek. If someone is going to sue you for your shirt, but just throw in your coat as well. If someone forces you to do something you don't want to do, just go the extra mile. There might be an opportunity to minister to them. Give to the one who asks of you. And don't turn your back on someone who needs to borrow something from you. We've been taught from the beginning to love your neighbor and hate your enemy. And I tell you this, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you so that you will show yourselves sons of your Father who is in heaven. You know, he sends the sun to shine on the evil as well as the good. He sends the rain on the unrighteous as well as the righteous. If you love those who only love you, big deal. Hypocrites do that. If you speak to those who only speak to you, so what? You want a medal? Pagans do that. You were made in the perfect image of God. Live in that perfection. <clears throat> Beware of practicing your righteousness in such a way before men so that you can be seen by them. Otherwise, you lose your reward with your Father who is in heaven. So when you do an act of charity, don't make a big production out of it like the hypocrites do who love to be seen doing kind things in front of people. This is all the reward they're going to get. When you do an act of charity, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. That way, your father who sees in secret, <laughs> he'll reward you. And when you pray, don't stand in the streets and in the houses of worship and out in the public places praying to God before men so that you can be seen by them. <laughs> this is all their reward. No, when you pray, find a quiet place so you can be yourself. 
pray to your Father who sees in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And don't go on and on and on praying many words like pagans do who think they're going to be heard for all their religious jargon. Don't pray like that. Your Father, <laughs> He knows. He knows what you need before you even ask Him. When you pray, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. Give us this day the bread that we need and deliver us from evil. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. If you forgive those who have sinned against you, then your heavenly Father will forgive your sins. If, if you do not forgive those who have sinned against you, then your heavenly Father will not forgive your sins. When you fast, <laughs> do not put on this gloomy face and alter your appearance so that you can be seen fasting by everyone. <laughs> yeah, you know, don't do that. When you fast, just go about your normal day. Get up, get dressed. Go to work. No one will know that you're fasting except your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up treasures on earth where insects can get into it or it can rust out or a thief could come in and steal it. Now store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where it can't rust out or someone can come in and steal it because where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. The lamp of the body is the eye. So if the eye is clear, the body will be full of light. But if the eye is bad, then the body is full of darkness. And if the light within you is darkness... How great is that darkness? You can't serve two masters. You're either going to love one and hate the other, or you're going to despise one and cling to the other. You cannot serve God and money. So for this reason, I tell you this. Don't be anxious for your life, what you're going to eat or drink, or for your clothes, what you're going to wear. Isn't life more important than food? And your body more important than your clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father, he feeds every one of them. Aren't you more important than a bird? 
And which one of you, by being anxious, can add one more day to his life? Why are you anxious about your clothes? Think about this. The wildflowers in the field, they don't toil or spin. And yet, I tell you this, <laughs> even King Solomon in all his glory never once came close to the beauty and splendor of those wildflowers in the field which are alive today and tomorrow. Poof. Stop being so anxious saying, what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear today? Your father knows you need these things. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. All these things will be taken care of. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow is going to take care of itself. You know, each day has enough trouble all on its own. Do not judge. Unless, of course, you want to be judged yourself because the way you judge, you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it's going to be measured out to you. Don't look at that little speck in your brother's eye when the beam <laughs> is still lodged in your own eye. Or say to your brother, brother, let me help you remove that speck from your eye. While the beam still is in your own eye. First, hypocrite, take the beam out of your eye so that you can see clearly enough to help your brother take the speck out of his eye. Don't give what is holy to dogs or cast your pearls before swine because they will trample them under their feet and then could turn and tear you to pieces. Ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it'll be opened to you. Because everyone who asks receives, and everyone who seeks finds, and everyone who knocks, it'll be opened to them. It's like if, if one of your kids comes to you and is hungry and asks for a piece of bread, are you going to give them a stone? Or if they want a fish, you're going to give them a snake? No. So if you, being sinful, know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more shall your heavenly Father give good things to those who ask him? Here's what you really need to know. You treat other people the way you would like to be treated. That sums up the law and the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many will take that road. 
but small is the gate and narrow is the path that leads to the life. And few there will be who will take that path. Beware of false teachers and prophets who will come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they will be ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruit. Grapes do not come from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles. A, a good tree will produce good fruit, and a bad tree will produce rotten fruit. A good tree cannot produce rotten fruit, and a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. You will know them by their fruit. Well, there are going to be many people come to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord, didn't we preach great sermons in your name? Didn't we just beat up that devil in your name? And didn't we do all these great and wonderful works in your name? And I will say to them, I don't know who you are. Just go away. So, anyone who hears the words I've been saying and lives by them, I compare that person to a wise man who built his house upon a, a rock. When the rains came and the winds blew and the storms crashed against that house, it stood because it was built upon a rock. But if anyone hears my words and does not live by them, then I compare them to a foolish man who built his house upon sand. The rains came, the winds blew, the storms beat upon that house, and it fell. And it fell with a great crash. Does anybody else feel like those words that were spoken 2,000 years ago on a hillside by the Sea of Galilee were written for us today? I certainly did. Chip, thank you for that uh, powerful, powerful message and a timely message, one that lives throughout the centuries and is needed. We need to be reminded of that. I need to be reminded of that each and every day. So thank you for that. Chip, come on back up here. So we're going to have a, just a few minutes of Q&A. Uh, so if you have something you want to ask Chip, we'll get to that in a second. But Chip, t tell us why you do this. You know, what's, what's the, the, the motivating factor? Um, just give us a little insight into why you got involved in this. I guess there's nothing better than having uh, the word in your heart and in your mind. And I wanted to 
because of the the couple of things that I can do that God gave me a talent to do. I could memorize and I could talk and uh, act and write and and it was very important to me in my career as an actor to be able to do things that uh, pieces of theater that were that spoke to my faith that really was a part of my faith and I could not do think of anything better to do than to memorize the word and try to speak it in such a way and and uh, it with groups of people that would make it contemporary and real as Neil said it was written 2,000 years ago spoken 2,000 years ago but yet it has the impact on me and I felt like it would with uh, other people if it was presented in such a way just the purity of the word and not um, and not try to explain it just let the word stand on its own you know and um, and trust that the Holy Spirit will do the work in people's lives if they just hear that so I've been doing that since I wrote my first one-man show on the Apostle Paul back in 1980 and started doing that for the last 40 years Jesus Paul and David and now I continue with these books that I'm writing that it's it's um, it's just that important to me I love doing plays of all kinds but this is the bedrock of my life and I've given my life to that Well, um, actually, it didn't take that long because I'm accustomed to memorizing, you know, for plays and film and stuff like that. So it was, it came fairly naturally. And, um, and so, and I don't learn it like, okay, I've got to learn. Um, I, 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 the way I memorize, it's, 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 I put an emotional value to the words that I say. So if I'm in a play, the emotional value of the character that I'm portraying, we all have emotions and, and a thought process of why we do and say the things we say. And I think it's the same thing with uh, something like scripture. There's an emotional value to it. When Paul wrote the letters, he wrote it with a passion. When Jesus spoke the words, he spoke them with passion and with you know depth of meaning. It wasn't just like, I'm reading the grocery list. So there is, um, there is a connection there. Um, in real life, we have all probably had these experiences that I just recited. So we know we can, uh, we can attach that emotional value to the words that we speak, and it brings a life and truth to it, authenticity. Right. I, you know, that's a that's a, a wonderful question that I'm not sure I know how to answer. Um, I've just been fortunate that the roles that I do get to play, and I haven't been on stage since 2019 because of COVID. Um, and and uh, the last play I did was at Lipscomb University, and so in, in the fall of 2019. And so um, uh, I, I guess 
the way the, <laughs> the evolution of roles is really down to how old I am. You know, I'm not playing a teenager anymore. So, <laughs> so um, uh, that's, you know, when I do a certain role like Death of a Salesman or um, Scrooge in, in a Christmas Carol or whatever, those are appropriate to my age. And that's, you know, if they need an old white guy. <laughs> so you're not playing Tiny Tim? Anymore. No, Tiny Tim is, yeah. Oh, and my dad, without question, my dad had my the the my, the most influence on my life, and and mom was a close second, but um, dad was uh, we started. He was an actor too, and and um, I think I told you. I don't know if you're the same group that was here two or three years ago. Whenever I did that, we did our first play together in 1970, and that was the beginning of my career. And he played Don Quixote, and and uh, and Man of La Mancha, and I got to play a, a muleteer and watch him. Um, and be a part of that experience, and that that was from then on. It was that was my life as a profession. Um, <clears throat> this is a series. It's called the Song of Prophets and Kings, and it is a five-volume series. The first two volumes are out. Uh, the first one is A Voice Within the Flame, and the second one that Neil said is A Crown of the, of the Warrior King. And it takes the first three kings of Israel, um, Saul, David, and Solomon, and the first three major prophets, Samuel, Nathan, and Gad, and puts, tells their stories of the monarchy and the theocracy and the tension between them and also the, the tension within their own families and how all that happens. And, um, and so I have um, the third volume comes out this December. Brian is, um, I have to give a shout out to him because he's the one who was so faithful in helping me find uh, the right home for that. Uh, series and um, and I will always you know love him for that. But um, <clears throat> it is a uh, it it takes a not a modern view. It takes three thousand year old stories, but brings them into an accessible um, the nature of storytelling. That and it is historical fiction, so that there is a lot of what I call filling in that the scripture details are not always there of motivations of characters and what happened in between some of the stories that we actually have written in first and second Samuel and I do take that liberty uh, to do that so it's but it but what I'm finding when I, I hear people talk about it to me is that this is, it, there's, it brings it to a reality, just like the Sermon on the Mount. It brings it to a reality that, you know, we can't get in a, no offense preachers, we can't get in a 20-minute sermon um, because that's a different art form. But just storytelling and telling it as if we are all there and present as it is happening, that's my goal is to bring you in and make you feel like, oh, I'm a part of this whole narrative. And you know what? As by faith, 
we are. We're a part of this narrative. And so, you know, if you, uh, if you enjoy reading, or it's, in, if it's, it, it's an audio book uh, form as well. So if you enjoy listening, um, it's all available. Amazon. <clears throat> I was reminded again today that those are not just words on a page, but those words are alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, piercing to the bone and the marrow, piercing our spirits. And what a great reminder. Thanks for that, Chip. HenryOArnold.com, right? HenryOArnold.com, if you want to check out more of what Chip's up to. But uh, brothers, thanks for being here this morning. Uh, don't forget... Uh, to tip the wait staff, they do a fantastic job for us every week. And may God go with you. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. God bless.